Today is the Palatania. His yard site is Chofdal um, Um It's it's a story. It's more of a per, more than one person. It's an incredible um, it's an incredible tkufa um, with with a, a, a very pivotal point in Kali Yisrael's um, existence. First, uh, I guess a little background. Um, Shapsi Tzvi lived in the 1600s and he, um, he whipped up Klai Yisrael to an extraordinary religious ecstasy and people followed him. He, in the 1660s, he became an, a Muslim, he shmared himself, and uh, it was a very devastating period and they died in 1670s sometime. And Klai Yisrael had been burnt very, very badly by somebody who A, was charismatic, B, whipped up people's emotions religiously, C, was into Kabbalah a lot and, and, and Geula and bending and making, playing all sorts of games with Halach and so on. So there was still a tremendous um, shock of it. In 1698, the Baal Shem Tov was born. Um, he died in 1760. As long as Baal Shem Tov was alive, there wasn't that much hisnagdus to him. Baal Shem Tov, well, it was small. It was a small time operation. He left over a few Talmidim. The two major ones was the Toldus Yaakov, um, the, the Tolz Yosef, um, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Polno, and Tolz Yaakov Yosef. Sorry, and he. Um, and also, I guess the more main Talmud, the one that I think had produced many more Talmudim, was the Magid of Mezrich, Rabbi Avram was son. The, um, in 1745, the, um, the Baal was born. Um, his name was Rav Baruch, and he was a brilliant child at the age, at bar mitzvah age, there's a notation in the, in the um, town's pinkus that he's recognized as one of the, um, one of the Tamil Chachom of the town in, 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 in equal. In other words, he was considered to be at that age already to be very, very brilliant. At the age of 15, he married a wealthy family, into a wealthy family, a very also somebody from Vitebsk. Um, by the age of 18, he finished Shas and Poiskim, Rishonim, Nachronim, and everything. His children write it in his Akdam Shacharach. He wrote to his Shacharach, we'll see soon, at the age of 23. Um, and he started learning Kabbalah. And at the age of 20, he felt he needed to find some derech in life, something more. And he had a choice to go to Vilna and to learn with the, the giant of his door, or to go to Mizritz and to learn by the Maggit. And to quote him, he said, I had a choice for a Rebbe for learning or a Rebbe for davening. And I chose to go with the Rebbe for davening. And he went to Mizritz and he became turned on to Chesidus. His, his father did not like his father, owned him. He was very, um, but he was very dovok in the market. He was there for a year and a half straight. They went home, was married already, came back again. And basically, he, um, he stayed with the market as long as the market was alive. The, um, the market was nifted a few years later. And his Talmidim, who were the famous, and Rebzisha, and the Kosnitsa market, and they all, they split up Europe. Each one took a different section that they would be Marbet Steyer there, Marbet Tarzachsidus, and so on. The, um, in, in what was called White Russia, which today is a country, um, and the capital is Minsk, it's to the east of Lithuania. It's kind of um, deep Russia in some ways. The um, Lithuania and uh, White Russia, especially specifically White Russia, became under the Nachmenlovitebsk 
and Rebbe from Kaliska, they, they became the, the Rebbes of that area. Um, the, the Balatanya, Shnezalman, had a uh, suffix, maybe, he was big enough to possibly have become that position, but he was younger and he deferred to Reb Nachman Levitebsk, the Prioritz, who was considered his, um, he considered him his elder. This, he was there for four years, Reb Nachman Levitebsk, and he decided that he's going to make Aliyah together with Avraham Michalis, and they took a whole group of Chassidim and they went out to Israel. This was in the 1770s, about three, four years after the Magadus Nifter. The, um, they went to Israel, they settled for Sanzfas, they went to Tveria, and they thought that they would run Chsidis in Europe, in, in, in White Russia and so on, remote control from Israel. They were not interested in giving up the, the, the Rebistva, and they were still the Rebis. Um, it didn't work all that well. And the Chassidim felt ab- abandoned. So they made three Rebbes together. They made like Roshne Zalman and two others. They should sort of be like ambassadors and they should run things in lieu of the Rebbes. But the final say will be the two Rebbes in Yisrael. From Nachmanlovitebsk was Nifta a few years later, four years, four or five years after he met Aliyah. And Ravami Kalas was left in Yisrael. And the, one or two of the others that he associated with was also Nifta. And b- basically, Reb Shneir Zalman moved into being the sole, uh, the sole um, Rebbe in that area, in, in White Russia, which is a, a huge swap land, White Russia, parts of Russia, other parts of Russia, Lithuania. He, he became the de facto Rebbe. Um, we'll see later that this caused a lot of issues and problems. But I want to focus more on his Derech Navoida. Balatanya himself was introverted person. He was a quiet Ovid Hashem that sat and learned with tremendous asmod, like we saw. He wrote his in, in when he was twenty three maybe, his Rebbe, the the Magid, asked him to write a Shaharah for Balabatim. He wrote the Rav Shaharach at that age. Rav Shaharach is an incredible work. It it's it's a work of Shrozovsky used to used to be Medayik. In Hilchas Pesach, I'm Sochem, he said that was the Sefer. It's a Sefer where he sort of takes the Shakavatari of the Shlokharach and the Nisikalim, he and, he, and he, he writes it out as a single halacha with tremendous diuk. And, 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 and it's incredible work for a 23 year old young man. It's, it stands, the Mishabura brings the Rav Shlokharach almost as much as any other Sefer that he quotes. I think maybe the Goyen is only quotes more. Some say it's because he wanted to, to use it, but 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 the harocha for that sefer. I mean, it's 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 an incredible sefer. And he wrote it at 23. He was a phenomenal masmid, and a very and a, and a person lost in his thoughts. He wasn't given so much to reaching out to people. He didn't want to become rebbe. He wasn't interested in becoming rebbe. He didn't want to become rebbe. He didn't want to be bothered. But he became rebbe, and he drew a tremendous people who were very attracted to him. And in his, in his heyday, there might have been eighty to hundred thousand chassidim strewn out all over that area. That were his chassidim. What was his derech navedis Hashem? Like hadish talaveka derech. Um, it was very very different than other chassidim. Extremely different. What was the same was that there was a need to be oved Hashem believe. In other words, just. Learning and keeping the mitzvahs is missing av and yira, and that has to be dealt with. That has to be that's that a, has to, a person has to focus avoid it that way. How do you do it? So he held that a any emotional um, stimulation of yourself is is false. It's it, it, it you just you know it's it's very easy. You take a drum, you take a guitar, you bang you bang and you and you're in a and you're in a singing and dancing, it's worthless. The only way to become um, turned on in a meaningful way to Avedis Hashem is by deep hisbainus. The hisbainus needs to be not in outside things, but in Akarish Baruchu. To be misbainin about Akarish Baruchu. The only way to do that is to have a handle in 
it, it was a chalik of Kabbalah that he took and moved over into a whole limud of He extracted from Kabbalah certain yesidus that he felt dealt with the person's experience in experiencing Akadosh Baruch and closeness, and and the person needed to to learn these inyanim, to be misbein in it, and to be turned on by it. That was real Avodas Hashem. So he created a whole mahalach of terminologies and ideas, and the the, the Avodas Hashem would 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 consist of learning through a mimer of his, or or you know that type of mimer, being misamik and misbeinin in it, until the person became emotionally turned on from the inside, not from the outside. Um, the the uh, the 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 mamarim usually, in other words, the, the, the type of focus was an understanding how Kadosh Baruch Hu is mimala the entire world. His his basic nekuda is that every single person has an imshim, every single Yisrael has in himself a neshama eloikis that is only turned on by things that are eloikis. That you don't. That what you need to do is simply harp on the ideas, and the neshama gets turned on by itself. And therefore, sitting and, and working through a mimer, and and the, and the type of flavor the mimer would come to, the type of point was usually how a kaddish and everything and everywhere suffused with a likus, and and um, and so on. And, and, and a person would become, it's like when you're close to a fire, you catch fire also, a person would become totally, totally saturated with that and would turn on. The typical limud, um, the, the old time Chabad, when they worked on these things, when these things was, was the core of, of, the, of the inyanim, was people would sit and learn through these inyanim uh, until uh, on, they would sit and learn on a maimah before davening for an hour or two. The maimahim are usually very long and, and complex, with not, not easy at all. He was, he was uh, a very, very brilliant uh, person. And, and the, the maimahim are deep and difficult. And you harvest through it, and when you really sweated it out, y- y- you would be turned on. That was, that was so somebody described once sitting in Shtibu, told me from the Skanim, and they would sit without much movement going through a maimah. And then you would see them sort of turning red and becoming sort of excited, and then that was time to doubt. That was that was the the, the avoda. Um, I I forgot to mention this in the start. Where do where do I know these things from? You know, it's one of the most reliable farm. The most famous sefer is something called Base Rebbe by somebody Hillman. That's the that was a classic. He's a bit of a chassid. Uh, he's a chassid, so there are some things there that are. You know, um, more night a little bit to Moivsim, but not much. It's part of the Mahalach is not to be involved with Moivsim. There's a sefer called Rav Miliadi, written by somebody in 1900, a, a person with a Chassidish bent, but not Chabad, uh, somebody named Heidelbaum. Um, they have, most important, a, a, a lot of letters that he left over, a lot of Igris, and you can learn a lot from the Igris. So those are so so the, the the points that he makes in the letters are as follows, and and first of all, he writes that davening bekavana or beslavos is the most important thing, and he writes this in, in the Sefer Tanya. We'll speak about in a minute. The Sefer Tanya he writes he, they, they, the children added some of the letters in the back. It's called Igor's Kodesh, and the first letter that they pr- that's there, he writes about um, how it's important to daven well, and the people daven quickly he's very upset with, and he says, and therefore he says, anyone who's sitting and learning, um, people who have the time to learn, you have a light and so on. 
People, those people he expects to daven shachris. An hour and a half every weekday. They should be the one to daven for the omit. And he says, Shabbos Yontiv, when everyone has time, and Adrabi says, Balabatim should be spending more time davening, he says, And there should be at least an hour for Pesuk de Zimra. That's what he writes. He says, I want to tell everybody, I'm going to send out spies in every minion. People who have the time to daven barichos and they and they don't do it, they're too lazy. He said a lot of people enjoyed his mamarim. He was very deep and very intellectual, but the davening wasn't the type of thing they really liked. So he said, I will send out these spies, and if I find that they don't daven that they don't daven the way they should daven, spending an hour and a half on a normal shakras in some place he writes without Kriya Satora, just shakras itself, then when they come to hear the Mamarim, I will send them packing, I don't, I don't want to have to do with them. That was, so he was very makbid on Arichas Betfila, Kavana, many letters against walking back and forth in the Shtiblach, um, talking before davening, certainly talking during davening, joking around, a lot, a lot of letters, very, very strong. Davening should be a very serious, long affair with his slavos and so on. There was one important nekuda that he constantly stresses. A second thing that he writes a lot about is learning. Um, he, he, the people who want to have a special cash with him, his cheder, what he called, you, you have to know Bavli and Yerushalmi and Sifrei Mechker and Sifrei Kabbalah they, they were extraordinarily intellectual um, but the Hamoinam he kept writing that they should learn every day they must learn, they must have a Seder in Halachan they must have a Seder in Agoda and so on and so forth La, uh, uh, quite a bit about that letters about that the, the Sefer that he wrote they have mostly sort of put together the elementary uh, uh, points of his avoidance is, is called the Tanya, starts with the word Tanya um, it's 53 prokim, and then there's additional stuff a little bit. There's a Gersa Tshuva, and there's uh, and then there's collected different uh, igris. They uh, they attached it to it, and so on. But the basic point in the sefer is that Avodas Hashem is arousing an neshama that's inside you. That it's all his bainenusin, and he go and he goes through a lot of different his bainus about how to what to think, and 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 so on. And that was the avoided way he saw it. He um, and, and he would and he had a lot of he, he, he drew a tremendous following. He had a tremendous chush nigina, usually nigina without words and and um, very deep, and um, and and that was the chesidus. He um, the next twenty five years or so were terrible years for the chesidish movement. From the 770s onwards, people did not like them to start with. As they gathered steam, the Hisnagdus started growing tremendously. And being that he lived, <coughs> the, the Balatanya lived in White Russia, Valin, and in, 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 in the areas that were close <coughs> to Lithuania, and that fell under his sort of area, the biggest Nagdus came from the Goyen in Vilna. And they made tremendous redifas against the Hasidim. They they published letters in Haramim and, and, and in different places they gave people Malkus publicly for belonging to Chsidim and there was hitting and there was a lot of lot of stuff going on. The main tainas were as follows, as as much as you can gather. I mean, there's a, there was a lot written, a lot of a lot of broadsides. Um, first thing was they used to make their own shuls, their own communities, and broke away from existing communities. Being that in those days the strength of a kehillah was the rav and the rav could put down the law of the land and say this is what people should do and shouldn't do and then somebody comes along and makes himself a shtibel that's not beholden to the, to the rav 
that, that, that's destroying Kehillus. One. Two. They changed Phyllis radically. And, and that's very, I mean, it, it, the, the, in, in Kalah Yisrael, you, you didn't do things like that. Uh, and it's, it smelled of uh, very, very similar to Shabshi Tzvi. In other words, also you come along and you pick Kabbalah, you change the davening, in, in just, just making it, it's not, there were changes that happened gradually, there'd be one Takon in a town, there'd be a certain change, a minute, this, that. Some come along and change the davening because you want to daven pick Kabbalah with a different Nusach completely um, and make your own shul. And, and, and it, was, it was tremendous, there was tremendous amount of trepidation. This is this is we're back again to square one. This you know there's the, the 50, 60 years have passed, and we're back again to where we started from. That was a, a second reason. A third reason was that there, um, because in some ways they they had issues with with the rabbanim and rabbanis, and some of the chiddush farim, like the Toldos especially, um, wrote very sharp things. About Rabbanim, and it was again, it was bizayin atayra, it was undermining the authority of Rabbanim, and you know the halach is there's a lot of of cherem for being mevazet tamichachamim. They um, they also gave this ruach off of that learning Torah is not so important, and. That that you know a lot of the people learn Torah about Gaiva, about this, about that, and it's, it's, it, and it became like you you'd have a trust the person who, who basically nothing, but 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 uh, drank l'chaims and talking about learning tamiracham with with vile and coarse l'shaynis, that was something that that gave a tremendous amount of a snagdus. There was the issue of the activities, the more Pashat Hamayin Am had very coarse activities. They would drink a lot. There was some of the Kalaska Chassidim, they had this, I don't know what it was, they would do somersaults in the street, sort of. I, I, it, was, it was like a Nananach type thing. And I'm serious, and, and, and it was, you know, the, the, the Goyen said, it's a Pechina Bal Peor. That's what he said, you know, the, the, the way, they, they, the somersault, he said, it's, it's, it's a Nitzitz of Bal Peor. Um, that was, of course, there were, there were some finer tainas also. There was a taina on the, on the ideology, and this is where the Tanya came under um, a lot of uh, accusation. When you talk about how Kodesh Baruch Hu is and a Kodesh Baruch Hu's presence suffuses everywhere, and there's no place removed from Kodesh Baruch Hu, and even the most tomatic place a Kodesh Baruch Hu fills it, um, you scratch your head and you say, okay, so that means I can go to a Mokham Tomei and still consider Sakharish Baruch Hu. In, in some of the Baal Shem Tov's quotes, there was a sefer called um, Tzavos Harivosh, with, 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 it, it, it wasn't a Tzavot, Baal Shem Tov's Tzavot, it was more like collections of saying the things. So he writes something along these lines, and this was not this was not atypical. That if you hear somebody, for instance, say something bad, Russian horror, whatever it is. So what you're supposed to think is, why did Akharish Baruch who make me hear this Russian horror? Because I should learn a lesson for myself. So in effect, Akharish Baruch was the one that's saying that Russian horror. That's the that's the way it's written. Which again, taken the wrong way, it means that Averis are no longer Averis. It's all Akadosh Baruch Hu. Akadosh Baruch Hu is so, and that's that's uh, that crosses over a line into allowing people to Averis with with, with Lishma, whatever it is. Um, then there was a lot of things about use Kabbalah usurping halacha. You know, a yid is supposed to be busy with shacharuch. What's the rebbe doing? The rebbe is davening, he's learning, he's giving tzedakah, this. But then we say the rebbe is busy being malanitzaitzes, and he's busy making tikkunim, and he's busy this and busy that. Where is this coming from? Well, what kind of thing is this? I mean, the goyin had was 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 totally immersed in kabbalah, but he he, he what he did all day long was was halacha, was was mitzvahs. 
and tikkunim, he, whatever tikkunim he did, it was between himself and the Rebbein Shalom. He had no shaykhs, there wasn't a public fear of it. It became, it, it's like you open up a whole new culture of things going on that were not, um, that were extra halachic, uh, out, of, out of any shaykhs to anything that we know as being terimitzvahs. And those were reasons, those were reasons why it aroused from Anastasis There were also people who loved these things, and they loved, and they get angry, and they get upset, and they love to make trouble, and those people were always involved, on both sides, and, um, and they stirred up the pot. So in those years, they, uh, they started this Nagdus in a big way, and they made this Haramim, and one of the reasons why the Balatanya, the, the Chassidim were beginning to become very depressed, and they wrote to the Kalaska and Yisrael that they need somebody because they can't. They're just basically um, dissip they're dissipating. So they made, at that time, they made the Balatanya to be the one to hold the Chassidim together. They felt that he would become sort of a um, just a kind of deputy. Uh, uh, they they went they were drawn to him and they forgot about the Kalskan as It wasn't their thing anymore, and they stuck with him, and that created some some great amount of friction. In these years, um, he was busy the Bal the the, the, the Bal being mechazik, besides developing the chassidim, being mechazik tremendously. Um, they were constantly being near deaf and, and the places where they were minority, they really, really got the short end of the straw. It was really bad. Um, and he never allowed them to fight back. He, 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 he kept on writing letters that only Darkish Shalom, and he writes certain letters, he was willing to compromise. A rav in a town was very upset about making the familiar. He said, you know what, they can down with you, they can down with you, but just let them daven by richus and with and with koil and b'neimus da'kesholm zika. Very, very. It's it's fascinating that in his letters, vis-a-vis the misnagdim, he's always taking the, the positions better to be the narrative than the writer. Um, about the goyen, he calls him hagoyen achosid, and he um, and and refuses to hear anything bad about the goyen. The goyen team was was certainly at least the way he writes it. Kodesh kadashim. He tried twice to go into the Goyen, and once the Goyen just didn't let him in. The second time, there was a lot of pressure on the Goyen to let him in. The Goyen just left town and wouldn't come back until he was gone. The Goyen did not want to have anything to do with him. The Goyen held that it's also to speak to these people. They're Minim, they're Apikarsim, and it could be there were more pragmatic reasons. I can only guess. It doesn't. Um, the, the Goyen felt no one's going to convince each other. He's not going to be convinced by them, and they were not going to be convinced by him. But what they, whatever, once you meet somebody, they'll say over that the Goyen agreed to this or to that or the other thing. And that's why the Goyen was very, very, he did not want to deal with them. He didn't think they, he could change their mind. They didn't think he would change his mind. And therefore, um, he would just, um, it, it, it would only be a loss for, for what people said. Like this, no one can say that I met the Goyen and he said, the Chassidim actually had a ploy. They had somebody go around from town to town and he was a very mysterious person, he wouldn't want to say who he is, until they got out of him that he's the son of the Goyen, and the Goyen has terrible harata, that he fought with the Chassidim, and he really took back his letters, and the letters of Mezuyev. And the Goyen found out about it, he was furious, he wrote a, a sharper letter, and, and sent it around to all the towns that, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he's not retreating one step from it, and, and Sheker, and so on and so forth. Very, very, very sharp, um, he, he snagged us. But the Balatanya never, ever, um, replied back in any sharp way. In the snagdism and snagdim, he took always the 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 the, the, the tack of being the nerdif, not the rightif. And they grew. Chassidim, the Chassidish community grew tremendously. People were attracted by a vibrancy of it, and and the fact that it it offered a religious experience of a type that there wasn't, it didn't exist, that type of being dovok between the tefillah and, and everything else about it was very, very strong. S um, as he was getting more mochsidim, the Balatanya was extremely annoyed by having people come to him so much. He, he, he needed his time, his, his, his seder yom was mufladik. He would dab until two in the afternoon, would drink coffee, then he would um, taken people, 
then he would sit and learn most of the night he would sleep between six and nine in the afternoon and that was it and 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 he was davening or learning all day and working with people and that was his that was his day he was an extraordinary <coughs> and he writes letters he made tons of takanis and a lot of these letters that he writes are they were called takanis liyazni because that was the town where he was people should not come to him once once a year they should come not more than once a year um, they they can only come on the Shabbos Nevarachim they have to they have to stay two or three weeks at least before they can get in in other words he doesn't promise getting in uh, you know under two weeks or so and he, he has checking out who's coming who you know who came already who's stam coming very very extremely extremely uh, harried by all the people wanting to be uh, be chidus and and a lot of the letters of takanis and more takanis and more takanis eliminating it he has an incredible letter that it's also published in in Igris HaKodesh. this is part of the today they learn as part of Tanya but it sounds I mean especially taking it seeing what Chabad is today um, th- this letter is incredible he says Ahuvai Achai Virev Megula. So that's a phrase. It means, it, it, you know, I have it, it, a deep ava in my heart, even though I'm, I'm saying tochacha. Let's argue. Think back to the doors. Where do you find this minig or where do you find people coming to Tana and where asking which business to invest in and which doctor to use? Never heard of. He says the only Nevi'im, like Shmuel Anovi, where they came to be Dirish on Devar Sainis, it says that that's what he can. But he says, um, but but Chachamim, where does Chacham have any advice to offer on 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 different things? And he's and and he says and it, it's it's absurd, it's ludicrous. But he says it's it's just because people are so meshuchad about the Nyanam Gashmian that they think that that I can help with that also. I want to tell you, I can help. It's the wrong place to ask these things. You know, bug off. Very, very strong, and he writes this constantly. He doesn't want people come to ask about Gashmis. He's only going to be magic people in Ruchnius, and that's what it's about. It's fascinating, also. His whole—I mean, that's what he lived. He has a lot of letters about Eretz Yisrael, and this is uh, also very, very interesting. Just to see how sometimes things don't change all that much. Um, in his times, like we said, there was a Isaiahus of of a group of Chassidim that came to Israel and they moved to they lived first in Sfas a little bit, and then to Tveria. His Rebbe, the Kalosk uh, with the with with Rav Nachman Levitepsk, and a, and a group of Chassidim. They needed to be supported. Israel was never able to support people. They needed to be supported from Chutzlaretz. Um So they had a whole collection system. Of all of the people in um, in in Europe, each section supported people that came from that section. So the Balatanya was made head of White Russia, Volin, and so on, that they should collect all the money and send it out there. A lot of letters to be more Arab people to send money and stockers. But you see also the practical aspects. People, you know, they would collect money. And then was sitting around in the Gabai's place, and they and they would borrow it, or the town would borrow it. So he writes a terrible issa to borrow it. Then they would sometimes people would pay once a year, and once a year it's a big sum. They couldn't pay it, so they would keep they would keep pushing it off. Come back next week, next week, he, and he makes it, the the send every week. And there were all sorts of rumors about people misappropriating the money. And he he is very I mean letter after letter after letter. But what I find fascinating is. <coughs> You know, normally when you write a letter about collecting money or something, you're sort of businesslike. Rabbi said, this is what we need, this and that. Every letter starts with a long Maimar Chassidus um, about this Indian and that Indian and this Pusik and the same type of Maimar. And then at the end, he, he, he writes what he wants to write. 
and the 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 the, um, the the gap between how obscure the beginning is it's kind of really deep things and then he then he switches to the practical about where the money should go to and who should handle it how they should handle it terribly certain if somebody misuses it this way if you misuse it that way it's it, it's very fascinating the combination of the practical and, and the not practical so this went on for the I guess the, the toward, towards the end of the um, 17 toward the end of the 1700s. In 1796, uh, 1797, the Goyen was Nifta, and there were and there was a group of Chassidim that made a big yanti when he was Nifta. Uh, the um, the Misnagdim used it as an excuse to bash them and wallop them, and real war broke out. The, the feeling was that somehow, the, as long as the grandma's life, his chus was there that it shouldn't go past a certain point. Even they wrote to be ready to them, call me in a but there was a call. In 1798, they, um, there was one of the big misnagged, there was somebody named Rebbe Vigda, he was the Rebbe Pinsk. Rumor had it because the Chassidim took over Pinsk and sort of they shrunk his opponents, he was upset. He was, one of, he was the big fighter. He had the Balatanya arrested. In Russia, when you get arrested, it was a one-way street. It, it, oh, that was, it's, 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 that's a proud Russian tradition of, of centuries. It's not been, that was only communists. <laughs> the Balatanya was a very big chacham, and when they brought him to the, to the castle, wherever they kept him, he wanted to know if anybody ever left alive. So he asked the god if um, when people leave, is the minic to tip him well because he said, I see you do such an important job. <laughs> so the god told him, of course, he said, everybody leaves gives me a very handsome tip and so on. So he first of all figured out people leave and secondly that, that it is good to promise him a tip. It's, you know, it's a, it won't hurt. He was there a few months and basically the questions, the gov- what was the government's interest? The, the, basically they told the government he's building a movement um, a very big movement with thousands and hundred thousand people. That was one accusation. Two, his religion is is kind of skewed, and he's feeding people all sorts of nonsense. He has bad things to say about Goyim. He's sending money to Israel, which belonged to the Turks, who at various times were at war with the Tsar and so on. That was another accusation. Those were the accusations, basically. Um, they they interrogated him, and they found him to be innocent. Not clear how much it cost to find him innocent, but they they found to be innocent. There was a lot of money collected for Pidin Shvuyim and so on. Um, that was arrested then. In 1800, they rearrested him a second time. Um, and again, it, it, it's it, I mean from the from what I could gather. From, from what people found in records and so on, it was a combination of his impression that he made was extraordinary. People were taken by him. He looked like Isha Lakim. His whole surah was, was, was extraordinary. And, uh, and basically, the tainas, the, the, the he answered the tainas very well. Um, and that was it. And I assume money also played a big role. I, and, and he was freed a second time. And then the people against them were arrested. They, 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 they the chassidim mastered um, on them that they stole money. It, it was, it was a terrible tkufa of, of back and forth and so on. But it's interesting that began to slowly after 1800 um, that battle began to die out, and the Balatani himself w- was was became actually very friendly with a lot of the big misnagdim, big rabbonim, and his grandson later, Tzemach Tzedek, had to, with all the rabbonim, he was, he was, he was uh, a giant and, and he was considered one of them. That machlokas was basically um, cast aside. There were two other machlokas and terrible internal machlokas. And again, it's, I guess it's important to speak about because people should not think these things are new and these things happen. And the, he wrote it in his letters. He had a habit of writing. I mean, he would write his letters very publicly to Balatanya um, about, you know, when he felt he needed to clear his name. His Rebbe, the Kaluska, turned against him um, very harshly. The, 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 the part that seems to be ideological is the Shita. When he came out with the Tanya, the Tanya came out in 1798, approximately that, that year. 
the the um, the Kaliska was august and he said this is the furthest things from Chassidus that I could imagine this is the exact opposite of what the Rebbe taught us the Baal Shem Tov taught us Emunah should be Pashit the Hamoyin Am should not be taught anything they should be told to believe in the Rebbe and Emunah Pshuta and, and Simcha and that's it what, what are you doing? What are, what are you taking Kabbalah and exposing it to the masses and, and, getting, and telling everybody that thinking and thinking and thinking brings it to Kagod Shparachu? It's, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. He says, I'm a Lama Tzchusen, you're a very communistic person. You said all your life in Dal Am is sitting and learning and, and, you know, kind of don't know what goes on. But let me tell you, I have experience with Chassidim. It's wrong tech. There were also, uh, like all Smachlaikas, the people around the Kalaska would tell them, you know what? He took over the throne and abdicated, and you out. He, 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 you know, he, he took it away from you. He stole it from you. And you know, if, if you talk a lot, there, so, so, so there was a big blow up, and then there was there, there was a little bit of a, a rapprochement, and then there was a blow up again. And basically, they they split. The Carlos could, he said he doesn't trust him to send money to Israel. He made his own people to collect money, and they collect. And Chabad had its own yeshuv. They went to Hebron, and there was a parting of ways never to be reconciled. And that was extremely, extremely devastating. It, you know, it's a, it's it's somebody who was sort of your rabbi figure. It was very difficult. There was the 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 the, um, the Baal Shem Tov had a grandson, a Baruch Meshbiz, who had a rabbistva, and they got into a fight. And again, the Baltanya said he very much hesitated enough to publish, not to publish what went on, but he felt he needs to clear his name, and he published. It's interesting. The Baltanya brings a quote from. He says, "You know, I didn't know. I, I don't know whether I should make these things public or not, but I have instructions from Rabzisha, the Rebbe Rabzisha, who everybody sees in terms of Oyev Yisrael and so on. Um, you know, pure told him Zalmanke, don't keep quiet because people will misunderstand your quiet." tell people the truth as you see it and he wrote a very sharp letter describing the exchange between himself and Baruch and it is very sharp and it's it's quite uh, it's quite disturbing to read it the um, the 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 the, the slave it really is about this shift so we all have stories about how um, you know Yisrael and, and Sanegar and so on which he was but he wrote, he was on the Balatanya side, even though Balatanya was a different approach, but he wrote back to the Kaliska very strongly against the fact that he came out against the Balatanya, and, and he writes the letter justifying the Balatanya from A to Z, that, that, that he's Kaddish Muram and this and that, very, also some very sharp letters. But those were two battles that really, really, I think, in many ways, it's fascinating, he never made up with them. With the, with the Misnagdim, who basically had gotten him into trouble in a way where he could, he could have been killed easily. Um, he, he, he didn't have that. He, he said, hold off, keep your cool, um, you know, be mina nelovvena olvim, but with his own rebeim and so on, you know, I don't know what the circumstances were, I don't know, but, but, but it's in his letters that he prints. It's, it's, it's in the letters that were written for Amoinam with a lot of the details and, and uh, very distressful. His end was terrible. He, in 1812, um, Napoleon decided to invade Russia. Most of, many of the Jews welcomed Napoleon. Um, Napoleon was uh, very eccentric, but the one thing that was good, he believed in equal equality, and Jews in France enjoyed um, tremendous uh, rights. The, joy, the Jews in Russia didn't enjoy very much rights, neither did many Russians, but, but it was, Russia was wretched, miserable, and, and, and everything, and people, people were not to, to want, and Napoleon was civilized, and it was a whole different world. The, um, uh, I mean, the, the Tsar Alexander had, had made the first series of Jutakonis, which, which threw a lot of Jews out of their livelihood. He, he displaced tens of thousands of Jews with a with a law that Jews can't live in small towns, they can't own bars and, and, and motels, which was the main Parnassa and so on. And yet the Balatanya said that um, he, we need to support Russia at all costs. He and he was with Vakep with other rabbis. He said um, 
the czar will torture our bodies, but Napoleon will take away our neshamas. He said if the Jews fall under Napoleon's dominion, they will disappear. And he was right. The Jews in France disappeared. There are no Jews in, in France today that were there from before. You have the um, Sephardim who emigrated after the war from, from Morocco and Algeria, many of them. You had a handful of German Jews who lived in Strasbourg, which flew back and forth from Germany and France. But that was it. The, 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 the old-time French Jews all disappeared, assimilated. Nothing was left of it, not a Zecher. Um, in Russia, Jews suffered terribly. Most of them emigrated at some point or other. But at the end of the day, something was left over. Um, and he supported. Napoleon, in the beginning, was very victorious. And the Balatanya had to run away from him. And the Balatanya was in, he was in the 60s, the late 60s, and he spent a year running. He, he had a whole entourage of, of kids and mishpacha, <coughs> and he had to run to deep Russia. The conditions were horrible. He, he stayed at homes of peasants who were dirty, filthy, barbaric. And really, ev everything was, was horrendous, and he was pushed a, a, a refugee running from place to place. And finally, in 1813, um, it, uh, he, 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 his body gave. He was 66, 67, not, not, not that old. He was late 60s. And, um, and he was nifted in a tiny hole someplace, Hadets, and that was it. Um, it, was, it, it, it was an incredible Tkuf and Kali Yisrael. I mean, it, it was the, 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 the beginning of Chassidus, its hardest years. He was definitely one of the great figures. It's very hard to say that Chassidus as a whole followed the pattern of his derech. Chassidus as a whole, at the end, didn't follow his derech. They were a lot more, like the Kalaska said, they appealed to a bigger Hamaynam. They, they encouraged a lot of emotional um, I input and, you know, uh, uh, singing and dancing and, and, and a lot of, you know, activities and so on. Um, so the derech itself of Chassidus didn't follow his derech. My, I mean, in Europe, my father remembers in Kovna, which was later they had a small cloise of about 15 Chabad Chassidim, but each one was more harsh than the other one. Extremely, they, they were very deeply intelligent people, um, very, it's more than just intelligent, they, they, they worked on, on keeping their emotions totally under control of the machshava. And their Iker Aveda was learning these mamarim and, and being misamic in it. And you have to know, you have to know, you have to understand. Um, one of the Rebbe's said, that learning Hasidus needs the discipline of a Gemara mind and the imagination of an artist. And, and, and that was true. There was, there was a lot of intellectual depth to it and an extraordinary amount of emotional depth. And that was his point. But, but, but the way he presented it, it could only be there for Yechidim. I mean, he himself was, was a Talmud Chacham, an incredible Talmud Chacham. I mean, his Shachar Harav is an incredible work. He wrote Chuvis. Um, his his Mamarim are incredible works of 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 Chachma and Das and so on. Um, it's also his, you know, even though they're very deep, and and the Makiv a lot, they're not dry. It's there's a fire in it. That's a, a real fire. That's sort of you you hear a person who's on fire in it. It, it takes a lot of understanding. You need to know it's a whole vocabulary and it's a whole, uh, it, it, there's a whole lexicon of terminologies and, 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 and ideas. But at the bottom, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's somebody on fire who's, who's thinking it. It's incredible. He, he lived, his own life was very ascetic. He didn't let his, I mean, one, he knows one of his children when he was a chassan had a fur collar. He tore it off and he said, it's maestros. He said something which is there only for, to be fancy. It's not a better quality shirt, but it's just an instrument. He was very, very ascetic. Um, a lot of his mamarim are against, you know, gufnius and so on. That's a lot of his letters. He writes someplace about people should give money for other people that were starving. 
and he says Chayecho's koidmin is right but when your Chayecho is nice clothing and, and expensive food and someone else Chayecho's bread and water it's not Chayecho versus Chayecho um, he said people should give up of, you know, anything that's a luxury should be given up for other people who are hungry he demanded that, and he, and he demanded Stucker very strongly, and he would, he asked that the Rav in every town should estimate how much money each person should give, and that becomes binding. He was very, very strident about it. He, um, he, he was very, he, he did not like the people cult around him, didn't want people to flock around him, it, it, it bothered him, it took away from his time for Avodah Hashem. Um, but as a person within the Hasidus movement, He's from the from the very biggest, um, if not the biggest. The, 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 his his sheer koima in in, in in everything it definitely stands uh, uh, apart. It's it's a whole different world of, of who and what. And he had to fight these tremendous battles. People were afraid of him for a quarter of a century. They, 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 that he was involved with the machlokes with the misnagdim, and always always kept himself. Around. Every letter he writes about is Dake Sholem. And 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 to, and to be uh, near Duff and so on and so forth. His own sorrows to end his life with with such tremendous like misnefish, um, you know, battles and struggles and and um, running away. It's 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 sort of he he ends his life uh, running away and dying nowhere. It's it's an, it's an incredible for someone who had over a hundred thousand chesedim. And and was Moshe the keeper, and then to to run away, and uh, history proved him right. Napoleon's Napoleon's uh, France was was a death trap for all the Jews there, even though conditions were good and nice. Um, but his um, it, it, his legacy is more of a, of of a of a person who was an Oivir Hashem, and Avodas Hashem in its most intense form. He was very, very serious, tremendously against the, the kidding around and the, and the joking, this and that. Very a lot of letters on those lines. Chassidim used to like to have the other, you know, joke around a little bit and horse around a little bit. And he writes very, very sharply. Again and again, these are things he writes over and over and over again. And um, and the Sefer Tanya Lemaisa, in, in, as as a work giving over Mahalach in Avodas Hashem. It's an incredible work. It, it stands again. It stands in a league of its own. No other sefer has that type of developed mahalach in many areas. It's not a mahalach that's accessible to many of us. It's it's a very unusual mahalach, but it's a mahalach that requires a tremendous madriga, and, and it's a whole mahalach. Um, and uh, it's it's for many years afterwards. It it followed it, until the 20th century, basically. It followed the mahalach and they basically set a set. That avoda should be long and intense. It should be fed by sichdias and learning mamarim rather than just this. And people should be focused basically on developing themselves. The the, the change in philosophy was a late change. Was a change that happened in the towards the you know in somewhere in the in the twentieth century. But until that time, it did follow that avoda. It, it was a derech of yechidim in many ways, but yechidim schula and uh, his yard side is chavdal tevis. And um, we should see Yogan Elena, I guess. That's the. Okay. What? Schneer Zalman,